coming up on podcast 1592 bmw introducing plug and charge with multiple contracts what does that mean stick around i'll tell you more also on the show today ford's ceo sounds like he wants to convince dealers to be more like tesla kia is working on recycling batteries for storage and what's next for ford the ranger lightning well, those stories and a lot more coming up on the podcast today. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Tuesday, 13th of September. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. We'll start with some news from Autocar magazine here in the UK about the Audi R8 being reinvented as a flagship electric supercar. The Audi R8 successor is being readied, and it'll be ready by the middle of the decade, and it'll be a reinvention of their famous Halo model. And of course, I wouldn't be talking about it unless... Yeah, you got there before me. It's an all-electric car. According to Audi, the supercar's not yet been officially signed off, but it is underway. Won't be called the R8, though. Now, the R8 is made alongside Audi's e-tron GT and RS e-tron GT at their German factory, considered at the forefront of Audi's production techniques. So that facility is already being geared up to produce high-end models, while Audi Sports expedites development of the R8 successor, whatever it will be called, the team responsible for hand-building that incredible car, if you like your your combustion stuff, uh, will stay on and retrain, and Audi will then be able to ramp up production of their other cars, like the Audi e-tron GT. Now, the SSP platform recently confirmed by Porsche, says autocar.co.uk will be used on SUVs and saloons and replace the J1 platform on which the Taycan and the e-tron GT are built. Now, let's move on to a bit of news that I knew was coming because I know somebody at this event, but Ford Motor Company is inviting some of the real big hitter dealers, not the dealers that have got uh, the dealerships, maybe one small franchise and don't do big business, but there's dealership franchises out there that have got several maybe into the double figures, Ford dealerships, and they are selling a lot of vehicles for Ford. They have been invited to Las Vegas this week to sit down with the CEO of Ford, Jim Farley, to talk about the future of how they sell cars. And they reportedly, now like I say, I know somebody at this event, so I have to be careful what I say, uh, because uh, when it's official and when it can all kind of all come out, then it will do. Um, it's not my business to uh, uh, to speak on things that haven't been confirmed, but it looks like... Ford is convincing their dealers to be, well, a little bit more like Tesla uh, because they want their vehicles to get cheaper. And they work out they can make their vehicles cheaper by $2,000 if you reduce the costs, reducing the costs of delivering the EVs to customers, for instance. In Las Vegas this week, they're talking to dealers about plans. According to Reuters, the news agency noting that Tesla are very successful at selling direct to customers. They have no franchised dealerships, but Ford can't just rip up the franchise dealership contracts they have. Uh, certainly can't rip those up, and Ford don't want to. Uh, Ford say that actually dealerships uh, are not just you know on their way out, like many people say, well, the direct model is better, but quite the opposite. Ford say that their dealerships are at the heart of communities, at the heart of people's buying habits, at the heart of education around electric vehicles. And it would appear also at the heart of charging as well. It looks like Ford have a an aggressive plan to roll out a Ford network of DC fast chargers at their dealerships. But like I say, that's all to come, I think, when we find out more. Um, also, Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, talking to the dealers this week, the kind of the big, I think like the 
the big daddy dealerships that have been invited to this 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 meeting in Las Vegas, where um, they want to move to a low in inventory model. So rather than selling all these cars to dealerships that sit on the lot, and some of them fly off, and some of them take a little longer to sell, and then there's you know, the cars that are in demand have premiums added to them, and that frustrates customers. And, and But equally, the cars that aren't selling, you can get a good deal because the dealership takes a hit on their profit margin. And so they want to, I gather, Ford want to stop all that, and Ford want to move to a fixed price, online price, that the dealer can set. But as in, so it's not like all Ford Mustang Marquis will be the same price across the USA, but that the dealership sets the price of that vehicle, it'll get advertised on Ford's official website at that price, and then the customer can click buy now, and they will have bought the car. There's no turning up at the dealership and then um, having that experience, which some people like and some people don't. And so, you know, and, and there are good dealers and bad dealers. And so uh, some dealers have been sort of whispering to Reuters uh, that they expect Ford to outline this week the investments required if they want to be part of Ford's, you know, Model E, which is their, their bit of the company that sells electric vehicles. I'll tell you more when I can. Now let's talk about BMW Group introducing plug and charge for multiple charging contracts. Let me explain. Headline story today, introducing what they call multi-contract functionality to their lineup. Uh, this starts next year, and plug and charge is available in the first BMW models, uh, enabling customers to charge at public charge points. You don't have to have any other equipment with you or charge cards or apps you just turn up you plug in you walk away the way it should be authentication required to start the charging process and all the billing happens in the background with a data exchange that you don't need to get involved in you just get a bill at the end of the week or the end of the month um, according to this new functionality uh, plug and charge access across the ionity network is already allowed bmw is the first manufacturer they say to integrate multi-contract functionality when i saw that i'm like what what does this mean then um, and what it means is it allows customers to store their current charging contracts from not one but five providers so the car will know your details and the provider's details to do that handshake, but five different networks and use the charging stations of those operators in that convenient way. Unlike activating the charging process with an app, the authentication of the vehicle uh, when in plug and charge doesn't require an online connection. So it just happens whether the charges are connected to the internet or not. That's very useful in you know remote, rural underground locations you know if you're deep in underground car park or something then um, plug and charge is very good and just for convenience plug and charge is incredibly good uh, plug and charge has previously with bmw been tied to a single provider uh, the solution uh, will be available for bmw models next year offering more flexibility that is indeed a very good thing now recurrent a sponsor of this podcast full disclosure uh, they are a partner of this podcast uh, recurrent and black book are getting together to make used ev values more precise what determines the value of a car typically uh, a combustion car things like how many miles it's done but for an ev the health of the battery is actually way more important but there is not a single standard in the industry for knowing how good or bad that battery is all batteries will degrade over time but a battery that's been slow charged on ac uh, compared to absolutely rinsed at you know 250 kilowatts fast charging every single time well they're going to be in different states of health and there's little in the way at the minute of data 
on helping buyers understand what they're buying. Uh, Recurrent, based in Seattle, are changing that by providing independent reports on the condition of batteries. Now they're collaborating with Black Book, the data firm, on EV-specific valuations and a system to value an EV based on on the battery condition. Black Book combines their vehicle valuations now with Recurrent's range score value, uh, which uses modelling from 100 million recorded EV miles to make value adjustments based on the state of battery health. Recurrent can then generate a range score, and that's good for buyers. It's a good standard, and a vehicle valuation for vehicles in their database as well, which is brilliant news. And like I say, full disclosure, Recurrent do support my work here on this podcast, um, and... Um, I have to let you know that as I'm giving you a very positive piece of news about that business. Now, next, Kia is teaming up to do some battery recycling for smart storage with a company called Encore to reuse electric vehicle batteries for second life energy storage. The used EV batteries from Kia dealerships in Europe get dismantled down to their modules and then reassembled to battery energy storage systems. The pack are uh, also diagnostic tested as well for their state of health. Uh, The first installation of the reassembled storage systems writes automotive logistics website isn't going to be in Berlin where there'll be 72 kilowatt hours of energy from a Kia Soul uh, to help the power grid and it is comprised of 24 battery modules in three racks according to Kia Motors the power conversion system is supported by a new BMS and the system compensates for varying states of health between the battery modules uh, by voltage balancing where it needs to and looking after the state of health so even when batteries aren't used in cars anymore or show cars or development cars or r&d cars you can't sell to the public you can use those batteries for second life third life as well energy storage batteries just keep going on and on and on now let's talk about another ford electric vehicle this is an interesting kind of thought experiment by US News. Ford has the F-150 Lightning, but what about what comes next? Well, the Lightning has 200,000 pre-orders, reservations for that. There's high interest in Ford's pickups. The Ranger has been a top seller for Ford, a compact pickup, and the introduction of a Ranger Lightning would give Ford an EV offering in the pickup segment that is growing while putting an EV pickup within the financial reach of more customers. A Ranger Lightning would be an integral part of Ford's plans to deliver their 2 million EVs by the middle of the decade, every single year. That is, by the way, their annual deliveries. Uh, An upcoming Ranger Lightning uh, could be called out as Ford's first electric compact truck, although they did make one back in the 1990s. They made some uh, Ranger EVs that had batteries in them for commercial use. They did 100 miles, if you didn't know that. And... um, that was without any load. So when it got cold or you started towing, that 100 miles dropped very, very quickly. But this is 20 years ago, right? So that's okay. That's okay. Uh, the Ford F-150 Lightning might look like an F-150 Lightning. And there's lots of shared parts, obviously, switch gear and everything else. But um, under the skin is the custom chassis uh, where the batteries are stored. By the time the Ranger Lightning would come to market, there would be a new generation Ranger on sale anyway. So that's part of the redesign. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, the the Lightning is arguably too big for European roads. I do see F-150s around, you know, left-hand drive versions that have been imported, and they do look stupid on our roads. Um, And they look right at home on American roads. So uh, a smaller truck would be uh, pretty popular, uh, perhaps in Europe. Now, Coming up on the podcast soon, we'll talk about VinFast and 
why you can save money on your EV, depending on when you charge it. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. Now, Tesla has been announcing plans to expand their German Gigafactory by 100 hectares. Over the weekend, there was an event, an open day, if you like, for locals to come along and learn about Tesla, where they also announced this details. A train station, as well as logistics and storage areas, are being built there to keep more parts on site. And Tesla's already initiated the expansion process earlier this year. In May, the submission went in for the 100 hectare expansion of logistics areas, not only with more storage on site, but to simplify things as well. 12 pairs of trains every day will transport cars and components and also move people around as well to get them in and out of the site. That's really, really good news. Train travel is a very good way of moving people and goods. Now, VinFast is a company we've talked about, and I could have talked about a lot more, by the way. They've got a lot of hype around Vietnam and VinFast. As yet, not delivered anything so i've always been a little bit cautious and it's not like this podcast is lacking content you know it could easily be 45 minutes a day um, and i really am stripping out some interesting stuff um to keep it in 20 25 minutes so i've not raved about vinfast too much but now they have handed over their first electric cars so let's give them some praise vietnamese car maker vinfast over the weekend handed over their first batch of 100 all electric suvs uh, to customers with u.s deliveries of the vehicle beginning in december vinfast began back in 2019 geared up very fast they got three vehicles coming uh two electric suvs the eight and the nine the vf8 the vf9 and the company has they say sixty-five thousand reservations globally they want to sell seven hundred and fifty thousand evs a year by 2026 now back in march they said they would make a new production facility in north carolina and with uh, the hopeful production of 150,000 evs from that facility alone they raised $4 billion to build that facility. So that's a great, you know, a, a lot going on at VinFast and a lot of hype, but a lot of real stuff. And now in their home market, they're delivering electric SUVs, the first hundred of them. That is the real deal, my friends. That is the real deal. We love it. Absolutely. Can't wait to get uh, uh, some independent reviews going on of those vehicles now. New rules in California will save EV owners money by charging when the grid is more suited. Many electric utilities around the world offer time of use rate plans. I'm on one, by the way. I have a smart meter, so I can see my usage every 15 minutes. I can, I can see it in real time, obviously, from the dashboard. And I'm on Octopus Go Faster. That's 9.30 p.m. through to 2.30 a.m. I pay 5.5p. That will go up at the end of my contract in December. December 31st, mine is up, by the way. And I pay 25p during the day. That's going to go up. Standing charge about 25p, 24. That's going to go up. It's going to double at least, which is ridiculous. But anyway, it's the same for everybody. So, But I can do that with a smart meter. And this time of year, we've just had a couple of rainy days, by the way. Over the last few days, the sun has really disappeared. And so I've just started charging the home battery for the first time, because we got the battery in April, May, it was commissioned, and I've always charged it on sunlight, and uh, and sometimes the battery's been low, but I've always filled it up the next day, got a 10 kilowatt hour battery in the garage, and uh, yeah, the last couple of days, I've just started, the first ever time that I have filled the home battery at 9.30 on five pence electricity uh, and that way we haven't touched we still haven't touched the grid touch wood we haven't touched the grid uh for uh for peak time and we haven't uh our bills are mm, 
40 to 60 pence a day. That's a withstanding charge as well. So, um, And that's if we're not charging the car overnight. That's a, norm, a normal day. So um, hopefully we get a few more sunny days until we end and get into the dark winter days. Uh, but uh, fingers crossed. But yeah, so, you know, time of use is really important. That was a hell of a digression, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Time of use is really important, especially for charging EVs. Now, some utilities in the, in the US require customers to install separate electrical meters that are redundant at their own expense to take part in time-of-use programs, even though many EV charging stations can perform the required sub-metering required. The California Public Utilities Commission, which has been concerned about this issue for many years, has now approved a new rule that will require the state's three biggest utilities to follow time-of-use or to allow time-of-use customers to use their EV chargers to measure the energy delivered. That makes sense. Rather than spending $2,000 on a sub-meter you don't need, when your EV charger will already record how much energy has been delivered. Now, some utilities offer programs that enable EV charging without extra meters. In Baltimore, they do it, for instance. Now, the CPUC decision also sets communications protocols for charging submetering that are meant to ensure everything runs smoothly. It says insideevs.com. I'll pop a link to that story so you can read more in the show notes. Now, you know, where is hydrogen going to work for zero emission travel? I, You know... When people find out I'm into EVs or just cars or whatever, I I pretty regularly come across people tell me hydrogen's the future. And it's normally someone's crazy uncle's workmate read it on Facebook that hydrogen's the future. And you're like, oh, is it? Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hydrogen. Wow. Well, the thing is, it's not for personal transport but it might be for some things and that's where i want to be open-minded about it now it's not going to be for personal car transport because to build out a hydrogen network that replicates the current petrol and diesel network would cost trillions of pounds and no one's going to pay for it government won't pay for it because they're skint taxpayers won't pay for it because no one's got a hydrogen car business won't pay for it because the the roi is horrific it's worse than ev charging stations which is pretty bad and so Hydrogen won't happen for personal transport, but it will happen, I think, for things like maybe buses, planes, trains. Now, in Germany, Siemens, along with Deutsche Bahn, the uh, German national rail company, have just trialled a hydrogen train for the very first time. Demonstration of refuelling and it running. It'll replace a diesel-powered train with hydrogen technology. Has a range of a thousand kilometers. It'll do 160 kilometers an hour top speed and can be refueled pretty quickly. That I think is where hydrogen may work. Fixed points and also for things like heavy industry as well. Even even if you just look at how steel is created for you know all cars use it, and if you're looking at the embedded carbon in Motor cars, if you want to talk about, you know, you know, that we shouldn't all be walking and riding bikes everywhere, that we still want to drive cars that we love. Um, just steel production has to get a lot more green. So, again, I'm using you know, recycled materials, but also perhaps hydrogen there to get off fossil fuels. Now, finally, let's talk a little bit about the grid in California. I mentioned this recently on the podcast. I was interested to see Axios.com. I like that website. Uh, Good writers. Uh, Also chip in on that issue with California's electric system maxed out in September because of the heat wave. Officials asking residents to avoid using major appliances. That does include EVs charged at peak times when there's the risk of a rolling blackout. Now, 
Axios go on to look at the numbers, like I did earlier this week, and whenever it was, end of last weekend, and and they say that even if there are five million EVs to be charged, that'll be seven percent of annual electricity usage and just one percent of peak demand. There is plenty of spare capacity in the US's electric grid to power not just 5 million EVs, hundreds of millions of electric vehicles. As long as charging is managed properly, most EVs charge overnight when it's cheaper. And if you incentivize people, and I'm a big fan of this, if you put more pounds in your pocket, people will change their way. If you tell them that they can't charge their car between 4 and 7 because of the planet or the grid, they'll ignore it. If you say, but you can charge it overnight when it's, what, what it's a fifth, fifth of the price for me? It's 5p versus 25p? Of course I'm going to charge my EV overnight on those five hours that are cheap on a seven kilowatt charger. I can pretty much do any journey I want with all of that juice. And so unless I've really run the car down to empty, our MG is a 41 kilowatt hour battery. I can fill it up every night if I need to at five pence. So of course I want to help out the grid. I want to be green. I want to do the right thing. I want to use the grid when it's cleanest. Honestly, I'm not doing anything unless it's pounds in my pocket at the end of the day. Like, I'll try. I'll do my best. But it's, if it's inconvenient, I know human nature. I'll be like, oh, well, you know, well, I'll just bung the car on charge if it was the same price. But because they incentivize me with such a good overnight deal, and, and, and I really hope Octopus do continue with their time of use tariff. It's uh, 7.5p at the minute. Hopefully it's still that in December when I come to renew. Um, that'll make that's an absolute game changer for when we charge the EVs. Now, Axios says that while vehicle-to-grid technology is promising, car makers are worried about protecting their warranty. And if we start thinking that vehicle-to-grid is going to be the golden bullet, the answer to everything, well, car makers might have something to say about that because it could degrade the battery faster. Although I've also seen studies, a Chatamo study, I think, that was done with the Nissan Leafs that found that cars that were regularly their battery drained down with vehicle-to-grid or vehicle-to-home and then fully recharged again and balanced were actually in a better state of health than cars that weren't doing V2G. So isn't that interesting? Right, question of the week is taking a wee break for a while, but it will return. Thank you to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley has a brilliant YouTube channel called EV Review Island. You're subscribed, right? Yeah, go on, make sure you are next time you're on YouTube. Hi to Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Universe for global public charging. You have one app and one map, and that's you sorted. And MilbrookCottages.co.uk, five-star luxury cottages in Devon, where you can charge your EV while you enjoy a well-earned break. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.